Welcome to the Abundant Life Podcast. This is Pastor Derry. Today we continue our series titled The Journey with Message 4, which is titled The Law of Prosperity. This series is all about our growth in Christ and learning how to walk in the fullness of God's desire for us, which is prosperity. Listen in, take notes, and I'll talk with you at the end of the podcast. Amen. Praise the Lord. Open your Bibles, if you will, um, to the book of Romans chapter 8. This is not part of, this is a, something I want to give you before we get into the fullness of the message today. We've been talking about uh, the journey, and uh, I believe the presentation we have is the journey part three, but we're on the journey part four, so we may have to uh, bring Proclaim down and uh, change the, uh, look for the um, presentation for the 17th. It'll say at the end, use this one. Got that one? Okay, praise the Lord. All right, so... We're going to run with some things. We're going to begin at Romans chapter 8. Hallelujah. When you get there, tell your neighbor, say, I'm faster than my pastor. (laughs) Amen. Amen. I'm almost there, y'all. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8. And those of you who are digital are waiting for the verse. So we're going to verses 18 through 21. And I'm stalling to make sure I get there. Amen. Almost there. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8, verse 18. I want you to listen close. We've been talking about the journey. And the journey is about the fact that God has prepared us for a journey. And our journey in life is a journey in which God calls us, but whom God calls, he also equips. Amen. So not only are we called to a journey with God, but we're also equipped for the journey with God. We read in the book of of 3 John, verse 2, that John was saying, Beloved, I, I, I would that you would, and I pray that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Amen? That he wants us to prosper. And then you say, okay, prosper. What does that mean? Well, the word prosper means to be equipped for a journey. Amen? We think of prosperity in terms of what our regular American western world thought process says is prosperity and if we hear the word prosperity in church we get nervous because we usually believe that what's coming after that is an offering let's be honest amen oh man y'all quiet y'all y'all i'm, I'm, I'm telling you it's true Months, we hear the word prosperity we get nervous that that means that we're going to be asked to then give an offering but we believe what the word says and we just took the offering what does it say let every man purpose in his own heart what he's going to give And let me tell you, I say this before and I'll say it again. If the blessing of Jesus Christ can't free you from a curse, your offering will not do you any good. Amen. Amen. Come on. (laughs) Romans chapter 8, verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which is to be revealed in us. Tell your neighbor, say, I know you're suffering. But, listen to the rest of this. Verse 19, for the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of who? The sons of God. In other words, there's there's an expectation, there's a groaning that who we are as sons and daughters of God be revealed. In other words, that means it's hidden. 
Amen. You don't need to have something revealed that you can see plainly. Amen. I don't have to have you guys revealed to me. I see you. Amen. But I have to have revealed to me what is there, but I cannot see. Amen. What is here that we don't see? Well, what it is, is who you really are, that the world is waiting to see. Creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Verse 20, for the creation was subject to futility, not willingly, because of him who subjected it in hope. Verse 21, because the creation itself will also be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. In other words, when you're free, the world will become free. When God's children really become free, then the world will become free. Amen? And the world's not free right now. The world is suffering from a lot of challenges. The world is suffering from identity crisis. The world is suffering from a lot of, a lot of hopelessness all over. The world is suffering from hatred and anger. My son made an observation. He had posted something on, on uh, social media, and, uh, and everybody started chiming in. And, and uh, he pointed out one of the things that's wrong in, in the country today is that everybody gets mad if you don't get mad. <laughs> if something happens and you don't get mad about it, then everybody's mad at you, like you did something. The president makes a statement, I don't get mad. Everybody's mad. How come you're not mad? I'm not mad because I got joy. <laughs> then the people on the other side, they say something and everybody on the right gets mad. How come you're not mad? Because I wasn't mad when they, when they said something. I'm not mad because you say anything because you are not the author of my faith. Jesus Christ is the author and the finisher of my faith. Therefore, I don't have to get left or right. I'm with God. And when God shows up, we don't, he's not going to ask who's on the left or who's on the right. He's going to ask who's with me. <laughs> Amen? Because there's people on the left that's crazy as jaybirds, and there's people on the right that are crazy as jaybirds. Amen? It doesn't make any difference. Everybody's crazy. The world is all crazy. <laughs> Amen. Go to Genesis chapter 3. I'm going to show you how crazy the world is. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. I hope you're all ready. I'm, I'm like Star Trek. I'm getting ready to go where nobody's gone before. Amen. Genesis chapter 3, verse 17. When you get there, say amen. Listen close. Then Adam said... Excuse me. Then to Adam, he being God said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it will bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field in the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, and for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. Amen. Number one thing I want you to understand today, we're going to talk about the law of prosperity. 
But remember, prosperity means to be equipped for a journey, not to be excessive, not to be uh, a hoarder, not to be ungenerous, not to be those things. It has nothing to do with that. It's not to be greedy. Prosperity means to be fully equipped for a journey. And you're on a journey. And the first thing you need to understand about prosperity is that poverty is not the will of God. Okay? You need to understand poverty is not God's will. And we all know it's not God's will, except our teaching of religiousness gets cloudy. How we're taught religiously about God and about God's perspective clouds our vision about dealing with poverty because in ways we've been told that the church is supposed to be poor. In ways we've been taught that if you run a, quote, nonprofit organization, then you're not supposed to be profitable. Amen? In other words, if you run a nonprofit organization, yeah, I'm going where nobody's gone before. If you run a nonprofit organization, you're supposed to beg everybody else to do good. Amen? You're supposed to beg everybody else to do good. And if, if you run a nonprofit organization and they walk into your office and see you have a new television, then you've got to have to explain why I got a new television. How come I'm not using the donation they left for me? Why are you not using the TV that I used for 17 years and then I gave you? How come that's not hanging on the wall? Because the reason you bought a new one is because it didn't work when you had it. We have a false perception about how we care for the rest of the world. Amen? We have an, un, we have an unrealistic expectation about what it means to serve other people and to be a blessing to other people. And if somebody who is being blessed is better than me, then I'm not giving to you. You're giving those people new socks? <laughs> what about the socks I gave you? Really? Okay, I'm, I'm getting, I'm going to be really edgy today, okay? Just, you've been forewarned. Amen. Amen. The problem here in Genesis is that God told Adam, he said, Adam, because you guys have fallen, because you wouldn't listen to me, the earth is cursed because of you. There's a curse on the earth because of you. And from now on, instead of you living in a garden, what's going to happen is the earth is going to get like iron and you're going to have to till it and toil over it and fight with it all the days of your life. The earth is going to push back on you. The earth is not going to allow you to do what I created it to do. I created there to be a blessing to you and for it to flourish on you. Instead, what it's going to do is every time you try to do something, it's going to fight you back. What does that mean? It means that there is a curse, there is a toil, there is a scarcity or a lack that is in the earth's system because of the sin nature of humanity. Amen? The sin nature of humanity is what released a curse upon the earth. And because there's a curse on the earth, there's also poverty on the earth. Because there's scarcity and lack. Amen? So if scarcity and lack are part of a curse, why would it be the state of the church? And I understand that sometimes 
We don't believe, or um, let me say it this way, there have been some times, because people's mindsets aren't correct, there have been abuses of things that happen in church. There are abuses that we can plainly see that someone in a church is doing something they should not do with resources that come into the church. Absolutely. That is absolutely true. Why? Because human beings are flawed. And when we start to rest on our own strength and we start to rest on our own identities and our own way of thinking, eventually, no matter how holy we start, you can wake up crazy tomorrow. Amen. God has to be, I, I, I was having a challenge and I was being corrected about something and in the middle of it, I heard the Holy Spirit just plain as day. He said, get your mind off of all the other things drawn near to me. Draw near to me. He said, this is your answer, son. You're looking for an answer, but you're not going to find an answer in your mind. You're not going to find an answer in your strength. What you're going to find an answer is, is if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. And I will show you great and mighty things that you don't even know about. I will reveal things to you. So when we talk about prosperity, we've been talking last week about the reality of our redemption. And the fact of the matter is, is your redemption is the first step of your prosperity. The Bible tells us in the book of, uh, book of uh, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, it says, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. In other words, to be unified with God, to come to know God, to be united with God in a method that is based on God's redemption gives us access to wisdom that we don't have other ways. So I have found it very true that I can be sitting in a room with people that are trying to find out an answer and the Holy Spirit will drop the answer in my mind and I will know just as clear as day what the solution is. And it's not a human solution and sometimes it will sound like it won't work. But I know one thing, it will work. And I have seen people make other decisions and go other directions and it not work and come back and have to do exactly what I knew we needed to do. But it didn't look like the right way. Amen? Because there are certain things about God's way of looking at things is God doesn't look at things the way we do. Amen? Yeah. Amen. God's answers above our answers. He said, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts and my ways are higher than your ways. Amen? Yeah. But you can't know the will of God until you can acknowledge his presence. <laughs> Amen. And sometimes the presence of the Lord is what differentiates the difference between an Adam now being under a curse and an Adam having been walking with God. Because Eve was not evil, but Eve was influenced by sensual knowledge. What is that? Sense-based information. And because she was influenced, she influenced him. And what did he do? He listened to it because why? It made sense. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, say, some things make sense, but they're not leading you to God's prosperity. Amen. The world was cursed because of Adam, but Galatians 3 and 13, let's go there. Galatians 3 and 13 tells us something very simple. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Amen. Tell your neighbor, say, I've been redeemed from the curse because of Jesus. Amen. Open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 
I did say Galatians, and I quoted it. Galatians 3.13, I quoted. Oh, man, I love it when people are paying attention. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I'm not getting away with nothing in here. Amen. We're going we're gonna to go, look at it. Okay, there it is on the screen. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So that curse that was on Adam is broken in Christ. Amen. That's a point I wouldn't have made if I hadn't gone there. Thank you, Mom. <laughs> Amen. Listen, what am, I, what am I telling you? I'm telling you that humanity is under a curse, but in Christ is our deliverance from the curse. And there is, when we get delivered from the curse, there is a law that gets put into place. And that law, and what is a law? A law is a rule given by a highest authority. Amen? That's why federal laws, laws based on federal statements, are the highest laws. That's why the Supreme Court of the United States makes the highest laws. States have rights to then interpret those laws and make those laws what they want to be, but when a law that a state makes violates the Supreme Court's ruling of a law, it has to be corrected. In other words, a state can't say, no, we don't believe that. We want it to be this way. The Supreme Court will then say, no, this is how the law is, and that's what you're going to do. Amen? So there are laws of God. And one of those laws of God is the law of prosperity. It is made accessible to you because you've been delivered from the curse of the law. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. You've been saved by grace. And we just read that we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. So 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1 says, We then, as workers, together with him, also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. In other words, you've been saved, and if you, you've given your life to Christ, and you think, well, I'm going to heaven, and then you continue living the way you always lived all your life, under your own way of thinking, your own way of doing things, then what you've done is taken the grace for, for, for granted. You've taken the grace of God for granted. Did God just save you in order to redeem you, or is God really trying to change us? Is, is God really just want us just to... Be happy and just, oh, okay, great, I'm, I'm Christian. I'm fighting the devil all my life. Or is God really trying to recreate humanity, to do something in humanity that has not been done before because Adam fell and didn't do what God really wanted him to do? See, we believe that Christianity, at some point, we start to believe that Christianity is about coming to church, but church is only a place of equipping. Church is only a place where you come to be equipped to actually live your life the way God is intended for you to live. And that living of that life that God intends you to live is not to go out and now say, you know what, I'm a Christian and I'm mad at everybody. No, 
I'm a Christian and I'm glad for God's grace on my life. I'm glad for God's purpose on me. I'm glad for God equipping me and filling me with his Holy Spirit so that I have a supernatural wisdom to get stuff done. That I have an anointing. What is an anointing? Anointing is God's power to accomplish things. It is not how well you sing. It is not how well you praise in church. Anointing is not that. And everybody who believes that goes to church, praises God, and then goes home in defeat. The anointing of God is God's supernatural power placed on your life to do something. And that something is determined by your relationship and your conversation with God who will lead you and guide you and give you instruction and show you which way to go. Amen? And what to do. Hallelujah. It means that when you go to work on Monday morning or Tuesday because it's a holiday, whatever you go, I'm not trying to send nobody to work tomorrow. Amen? If you go to work and when you get there, you complain all day because you're in a dead-end job that you hate then you need to say, you know what, Father, thank you for this opportunity. Give me supernatural wisdom today to make the best of this day. Give me wisdom right now today to show me how to do my job in a way that you want it done. Thank you for helping me solve problems. Thank you for bringing answers through me. Thank you for changing somebody's life in this place because I'm here. That is an anointing. That is an anointing. And then for you to put yourself under that and listen for the voice of God. And when you hear him, you step where he says step and you see him do things that you know shouldn't happen here. Amen. Somebody here was telling me they, they, they got moved to a job they didn't want to get moved to. And when they got moved into the job, they went into the job and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit started moving on their life. Hallelujah. All of a sudden, people start coming to them with problems and issues, and they began praying for people and, and finding secret rooms to go into to pray for them. Amen. Amen. And then people going away saying, I never, I never had this happen to me here. Why? Because all of a sudden, somebody got a hold of the anointing of God on their life. And that anointing will flow no matter where you are. Because that anointing is about God's empowerment on your life to get things done. And when you start recognizing that, you will start to walk in a new kind of prosperity because you'll start understanding, man, God has got everything I need. And God is going to use me to get stuff he gives me to other people. Amen? Amen. Because you are God's child. Amen. Come on. Come on. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, look at it again. The very end says, "Plead, we plead with you not to receive the unmerited favor of God, which is his grace, in vain. Don't have God's favor on your life and not use that favor. Amen. Come on, don't, have, don't live with God's favor on your life and fail to use the favor. Amen? Oh, man, come on, come on, come on, y'all. Um, Come on, I'm I'm telling you, mm, come on, (laughs) amen. Don't fail to use that grace. Hallelujah. We're always anointed with God's answers when we're open to revelation from the Holy Spirit. We're always open. God always has, God has answers to every problem. He has an answer to every problem, every every single problem. But where God's, you can't know God's will when you can't acknowledge his presence. Amen. 
Amen. When we can acknowledge his presence in the middle of a problem, that means when the disciples were on the boat and the storm broke out and Jesus is in the bottom of the boat going to sleep, going, going to sleep and the storm is raging and they are getting scared, all they had to do was acknowledge his presence and he was able to stop the storm. But if they just kept crying, we're going to die, we're going to die, they at least had enough sense to call on Jesus at the bottom of the boat. If they just, oh, we're going to die. This storm is too bad. But to acknowledge God's presence gives you access to answers. You understand and see the will of God when you can acknowledge God's presence. So in the middle of crisis, to know that I am redeemed from the curse of the law and God is with me means that when I'm in a challenge, I don't have to panic. When I'm in a challenge, I can keep my calm. Why? Because Jesus is the maker of calm. Amen. He's the one who calms storms, so I know he can calm me. Amen. When the storm on the inside of me is going crazy, I can wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's calm it down and let's walk and see what God's going to do, how he's going to work this out. Amen. And guess what? If he's, his choice of working it out takes me deeper into problems, it just means that there's going to be a greater deliverance. Amen. It's not working. I, I got calm with God and it got worse. That's okay. Stay the ship. Come on, stay the course. Stay the course. If, if it gets worse, you still got to know God's going to bring me out. Amen. Come on. God's taking me in deep. Woo. But darkness, the darker it gets, the greater the light. Amen. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I want to really get something to you here. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Just a few pages over to the left. Amen. When you get there, look at your neighbor and say, you ain't there yet? Come on. <laughs> I'm not trying to start no strife. I'm just making fun. Amen. Hallelujah. Second, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to go to verse 10. 2 Corinthians 2 verse 10. I want you to listen close to this because this is the cornerstone of the things I want you to really grasp today. There are three things revealed in this passage I want you to grasp because these things are going to help you understand God's law of prosperity. You must understand these three things. These three things are critical to your understanding. If you don't grasp these, you won't get what I'm trying to get you to get. So you really got to hold on tight. Amen? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Okay, listen close. This is what you need to understand. Number one, God is revealing to us things, revealing things to us by his spirit. Revelation does not come from your perceptions. It comes from the Holy Spirit. Amen? 
So sometimes we talk about the spirit of discernment. The spirit of discernment is not your ability to see when something's not right. That's called your sense. Amen? Spirit of discernment is when the spirit reveals things that cannot be seen. Amen? See, if me and somebody walk, we shake hands, and I see their eyes floating, looking at my wife, I can see something ain't right, okay? Now, if I shake hands with somebody, and we look eye to eye, and the Spirit shows me something, that's different, amen? But if you see people do stuff, then you know something ain't right, amen? That's your sense, and that's good, and use your senses. Because if you sense something ain't right, it's probably not right, amen? <laughs> but there is a deeper sense when we, something is revealed by the Spirit. When the Spirit is revealing something. So first thing you need to understand is that the Holy Spirit will reveal things to you. Amen? you got to know that. you got to be confident in the fact that the Holy Spirit will reveal things to you. Amen? Next thing is, for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Second thing is, you don't know other people's motivations, their intentions, or anything else because you don't know what's in somebody's heart. Very important to remember, you don't know other people's motivations because you don't know what's in their heart. We had a situation happen yesterday. We were driving through a drive-thru, and the, the young lady who was on the, on the microphone, she was so nasty. Man, she was, she was rude. She was just, is that, is that your last order? No, it ain't. I got more. <laughs> is that it? No, it's not. I got more. <laughs> So we, you know, so we, we end up, oh, we all, and, and we both kind of like, I'm, I'm like, and Tammy's like, oh, what's wrong with that? Anyway, we come around the corner to the window, and we all ready for Armageddon, right? <laughs> we all ready, to, we all ready for it. And the young lady opens the window, she said, I'm so sorry. It may have sounded like I was being rude, but I, I couldn't hear you because the, this microphone and the people were talking in my ears, and I just, I'm so sorry. I'm so, she was so apologetic, and I was like, oh, man. <laughs> but listen, nobody knows the spirit of a man except the spirit that's in them. In other words, if we're led by our eyes, we won't really know what God's will is because my eyes want to take over right now and I'm not going to acknowledge God right now. I'm ready to have a fight at the window. And so I'm not acknowledging God and so I can't see God's will because my eyes are blinded by my flesh. But because she spoke first, she beat me to the punch and then my eyes were opened. Amen. How much better if when I was confronted with something I didn't like, I acknowledged God in the moment. And then came around the corner to the window and actually already was able to offer grace before she ever showed me that she deserved it. Amen. Listen, this, I'm talking about your prosperity here. 
because I'm, I'm, I'm talking about how you're, going to, how you're going to actually not burn bridges on relationships that God actually wants to use to bless your life. Amen. Because if we can hold the grace in the moment, in the moment, understand that, you know what? I don't know what's in the spirit of a person, so I'm not going to judge them right now. I'm going to come no matter what, and I'm going to offer back grace. Because why? Because I've received abundance of grace. So I'm going to offer back the grace even when the person didn't earn it because I didn't earn the grace I got. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Because I received grace that was free, didn't cost me anything except saying, yes, I can offer grace to others who don't deserve it or don't have to earn it. Why? Because I'm passing on the prosperity that God has given me. I'm passing on the power of redemption that God has handed me freely. I'm passing that grace on and what? And guess what? When I pass it on, I'm going to see fruit from it. Or perhaps I'll be like God. Some people will reject it. Amen. Number three, listen. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that God has freely given to us. The third thing is, there are a whole lot of things that God has freely given us that we haven't yet been aware of because we haven't fully embraced his presence. There's a whole lot of things we have not yet received from God that God has already put and made accessible to us. But we haven't received it because we haven't received his presence. Amen. Hallelujah. Go back to 1 Corinthians 3. Or did I even take you there yet? Okay, go to 1 Corinthians 3. <laughs> Amen. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 9. Now, this is what we're going to add to that revelation. 1 Corinthians 3 and 9. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. You are God's fellow workers. Number one, when you say yes to God, when you're redeemed, here's another level of your prosperity. You're now God's partner in work. Amen. I'm God's partner in work that God wants to get done. Amen? So if God wants to get done something done, guess what? He will use you to be his partner. Amen. Okay. I thought y'all was excited about that. Amen. That's okay. All right. <laughs> Amen. You're God's partner. God's anointing is on you. I heard a man told me a story once. He was an engineer, and he said he, um, he had uh, uh, gotten a story about a man who was, um, was out doing some geological work. So he was, had gotten these rocks, and he was looking at the rocks, and he was kind of trying to study the rocks. And he said as he was sitting there, he had been working on a totally separate project trying to um, make this alloy. And so he says he's working on a totally separate project and he's messing with this one rock and he said he heard the Holy Spirit tell him the alloys in the rock. And so he said, mm, no, okay, whatever. And he said, he said he heard it again, the alloys in the rock. And so he started doing some more experiments, started sifting the rock down and the rock doesn't have anything in it. And he's like, 
He said, the Holy Spirit said, it's in the rock. And so he sat there. He said he sat there and looked at it. He said he got an idea. So he got another metal and re-sifted it. And all of a sudden, what looked like dirt, the alloy, was attracted to the metal. So he had to bring this other thing in. And now all of a sudden, he sees something that he couldn't see before. He said, wait a minute. How did this happen? And he said he realized God was trying to use me to discover something. What does that mean? He was God's partner. And because he's God's partner, God's trying to bring something through him. But if he said no to God, it won't be discovered. So my question to you is, first of all, if you're God's partner, what is it that God is trying to accomplish and are you listening to your partner? Amen. <laughs> Amen. I told you I'm going somewhere. It's nobody's going with you. I'm going to make you think about things because you need to think about what is it that God is using my life for? What is it that God is actually trying to draw out of me? And no, you might not be a scientist. Maybe you work with people all the time. What is God trying to reveal to you about people that other people don't know? No matter what environment you work in, what is it that God can reveal to you that other people haven't seen or heard of yet that God can bring out of you because you are listening to his voice? Amen. Amen. <laughs> All right. You are God's field. Go to John 15. I can't preach this whole thing, but I want you to look at something. John 15. John chapter 15, verse 5. Amen. John 15, verse 5. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Jesus is the vine, we are the branches. Earlier it says the father is the farmer, the vine dresser, amen? So what does this mean? It means that through the vine flow what is essential for the branches to bear fruit with. That's the anointing of God. The anointing flows through the vine to us and it causes us to become fruitful, amen? Now, can you be fruitful without God? Can we be fruitful without God? <laughs> it depends on what fruit you're trying to bear. <laughs> Amen. We can bear all kinds of natural human fruit. In other words, listen, listen, and I just gave you an example of somebody who received revelation from God and scientifically was able to do something, right? Okay, now, here's another reality. So once God reveals something and it's here, what's next? Somebody's got to do something with it, right? Amen. Amen. Well, there's two kinds of creativity. There's divine creativity that God reveals something that never existed before, and then there's synthetic creativity is when we take things and we put things together that are already here. Amen? 
So there's a lot of synthetic creativity going on around the world right now. People are taking things and innovating, 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 innovating. What does that mean? I take what's already here and I innovate. They're not creating. Oh, man, y'all don't get what I'm telling you. There's creativity, there's creation of things from nothing, and there's innovation of changing things around. Amen? Amen. We got musicians in here. Is there a difference between playing your original music that you got and sampling? Amen? Right. What is sampling? It's taking what already exists and repurposing it, using it a different way. Amen? And somebody can bear all. I know what that is. That's this. Yeah, that's that, but it's this now. Amen? Okay, right. And then there's people who are sitting there and they're just hearing things and... Oh, oh, yeah. Something new evolves. What is jazz music? Jazz music, the origins of jazz music is starting out and playing until something new evolves. Amen? So, so what, are we, what are we asking? I'm, I'm telling you that there, you've been doing creative things. You've been doing creative things. You've been synthetically moving things around. I'm telling you, God wants to create new things in you. I'm telling you that whoever you are and whatever you do, God wants to bring new things out of you that never existed before. God wants to help you see things that have not been seen. Why? Because he is using you as his farm, his field, his vine. Amen? The grapes I grew last year are great, but I need this year's grapes. Amen? Amen. What are this year's grapes? These year's grapes are different from last year's. They came from the same place, but they're new. Amen? Amen. That jelly you're eating is from last year's grapes. Oh, come on, man. When you're eating jelly, you're eating last year's grapes. I'm not talking about last year. I'm talking about new grapes or a new season to do new things. Amen? Come on, come on. God's people have to be excited about being creators of new things because otherwise we're taking for granted the grace of God. We're taking for granted the grace if we don't start saying, wait a minute, I've been trapped in fear. I've been trapped in unbelief. I've been trapped in all kinds of things, but I do believe that God can do new things through me that have not been seen before. Praise God. And how I'm going to get there is I'm going to do excellent at what is here. Amen. And we'll let God then show me how to do what's new. Amen. Amen. Come on, come on. I'm, I'm on, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Go to verse 16. Go to verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Tell your neighbor, say, you've been chosen. Come on. Come on. You did not choose me, I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give to you. Amen. God desires for you to bear lasting fruit. God desires that you bear lasting fruit. One of the greatest things that ever happened to me, me and Tammy were in a mall in Sacramento and we ran into a guy I hadn't seen in a long time. And that guy uh, had been in a new members class I taught like 10 years before that. We ran into each other, we're standing there talking and he said, he said, I still remember that you told me this. I said, oh man, are you kidding me? I said one little statement I said in a, cl- in a classroom 10 years ago and it's still riding with you, praise the Lord. Why? Because that's remaining fruit. Amen. Yes. 
That's remaining fruit. And there are things that you are doing or, or saying or blessing people with that will be remaining fruit in their lives. Amen. Come on, come on, come on, y'all. I mean, you should be excited about the fact that you're making a contribution to the kingdom of God. That you everything, when you do stuff and you do it as unto the Lord, that God is bringing things through you that are lasting fruit in other people's lives. Man, come on, come on. I'm telling you what, if I don't, if I don't ever say anything else in this pulpit, this is what I want to say. Amen. I want to say this, that God's people have to get a hold of the fact that you are created for powerful things. You are created to make an impact on the world. You are created in order to make things happen that have never happened before. That you are here for a purpose, that you're not just floating through the world, that everything you do has purpose. Whatever you put your hands on can be a blessing. Everything you do, God can use to do a tremendous thing. And man, if God's people ever get a hold of that, we will live in a so different way. Amen. Come on. Come on, go to Romans 5, 17. I, I got to land this thing in a few minutes, but I'm going to squeeze as much as I can in before we run out of gas. Amen. Hallelujah. Romans 5 and 17. Come on, I want you to receive this. You are God's vineyard. God's objective is that you bear lasting fruit and through the vine always come the essential things that the vine, that the branch needs, which is the anointing of God. And I want you to see where you've been placed. Romans 5, 17 says, for, by, for if by the one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Amen. Tell your neighbor, say, you were born to reign. You were born to reign. Not when your parents gave birth to you, when you were born again. When you gave your life to Christ, you were born again to reign in this life. And guess what? This life is full of circumstances that want to persuade you they are bigger than you. This life is full of things that come at you and want to persuade you that they are stronger than you. But you have to always know, I'm here to reign. Amen. I'm here to reign. Amen. You have an abundance of grace, an abundance of God's favor on your life. Don't neglect that grace. Amen. Don't neglect the grace. No, you, have an, you need to walk around every day knowing I've got an abundance of grace. Amen. Amen. My kids are spoiled. Amen. They think I'm made out of money. They think whatever they ask me for, I'm just going to do it. Amen. Amen. My son was at college and we paying all that tuition. He just thinks something, we could just get one more thing. Man, one more thing. Are you serious? Yeah, one more thing. The tuition was one more thing. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But some kind of way, some kind of way. Amen. My daughter, my daughter called me the other day. Um, Dad uh, told me a story about uh, what's, what's well, not a story. It's the truth. It was not a story. I don't want to make it sound wrong. She was telling me the truth about something that happened with her, her financial aid at school. She said, Dad, I'm $2,000 short. And I'm trying to read between the lines. Is she telling me so I can pray or is she telling me because she wants $2,000? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so I'm listening close. But praise the Lord, she worked her own faith and she got her own answer. Amen. She worked her own thing. She got her answer. Amen. But you know what? But you know what? I was putting my hand in my pocket. 
Amen. I said, so you check that and you call me back and let me know. Well, she never called me, but, but I heard it straightened out. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I'm messing with you, baby. I'm messing with you. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's an abundance of grace already in the world. We have abundance of grace already offered to us by Christ. Our problem is we don't always know how to access the abundance of grace. And so we struggle with how do we access it? How do we grab it? And we can't grab it without acknowledging him. Amen. Because the acknowledgement opens up the will of God. Amen. Amen. Look at this. We'll reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Through Christ is how we reign. Real quick, Romans 6 and 5. Look over, just, just look over to the side. Amen. Romans 6 and 5 says, For we have been united together in the likeness of his death. Certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Amen. In other words, if we, if we, if we are considered ourselves dead in Christ, then we also consider ourselves alive in his resurrection. Another passage says it like this, that we might know him in his resurrection power and the fellowship of his suffering. Amen. We want to know and unite in his resurrection. What did his resurrection do? His resurrection made him free from death. It rose him up out of the grave and caused him to be free in death. Now, if we struggle to believe that Christ is raised from the dead, then we will have a problem with all the rest of this. But if we believe that Christ has risen from the dead, then we also know that he then also has empowered us to live in the likeness of his resurrection. In other words, that we can rise from things as well. Amen? Amen. We can rise from things as well. Now, here's the other thing I want you to understand is in this understanding, you need to know that Jesus was not just a spirit because sometimes we believe, yes, I know I'm raised in my spirit. In other words, my spirit's alive. Yeah, praise the Lord. I'm spirit's alive. But guess what? God wants to anoint your mind. Faith is not the absence of knowledge. Faith is the ability to see beyond your knowledge. Amen? Guess what? I will, I will exchange thoughts with anybody. I was in Atlanta. I ended up, this, my dad wanted me to come to this little table. We went to this little uh, McDonald's of all places, but we're at McDonald's, and there's a bunch of guys all sitting around chopping, chopping up things and shooting the breeze. And so a guy finds out I'm a pastor, and he, start, he, wants, to, he wants to grill me. And so we start going back and forth, and, and then another guy jumps in, and he's He's going, I'm like, this dude, man, this dude is coming hard, man. What? <laughs> he was, man, this, this guy was really coming at me. I was like, wow, okay. And I'm, me and him are going back and forth, and everybody else is like, wait, wait a minute, you guys, you know, you guys, are, you guys are going talking past everybody's heads. You guys are going beyond him. I wasn't scared to talk to him. <laughs> and I wasn't going to back down from what he said. Because I believe this Bible, and I've studied to show myself approved, and guess what? You want to argue about the Bible, let's argue. Come on. <laughs> But I believe that God gives me an anointing that in that moment, I'm not going to argue with my mind. I'm going to argue and listen to what the Holy Spirit says. And I'm going to respond to him based on what the Holy Spirit says. So at the end of the conversation, he gets up. I said, man, where, where, are you, where have you been studying? He said, oh, he said, oh, I'm a professor of constitutional law, so I have to study all kinds of philosophy and everything else. So that's, that's why I know so much about the Bible. I said, okay. 
<laughs> okay. All right. I said, okay, good. I held my own with a professor. Now, let, let, what's next? Come on. Bring somebody else on. Amen. Pharisees and Sadducees. But why, why, why do I say that? I need to say this because you have the ability to know the word of God to its fullness. If we study to show ourselves approved, if we come before the word, not just listen to religion and, and things that we're taught, things that we think we know, but actually come to the word, study to show ourselves approved, the word of God will start to work in our hearts and in our minds, and God will open our eyes of our understanding. And he'll open the eyes of understanding and show you how this word applies to your circumstances and your life. Amen. And to your problems, your situations you have. Amen. All right, last thing, you're God's building, and we're going we're gonna to pray. John 14. When I tell you this, I'm going to tell you why I'm telling you this. John 14, verse 21. It says, he who has my commandments and keeps them is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Amen. So when we love God, we keep God's commandments, God continues to reveal himself, manifest himself to us. Then Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, now this is not Judas who betrayed Jesus, but the other disciple, Judas. He says, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? <laughs> That's the question. See, if you choose to try to validate well, your, your faith and your belief with other people, they can't answer for you. Because God's going to manifest himself to you. Amen? When we begin obeying God's commandments, we start walking with God. He starts to manifest himself to us. I want you to say, God will... Manifest himself to me. The way I gave my life to Christ is God manifested himself to me. I was an atheist and I did not believe there was a God. And I was, uh, I was not a nice atheist. I was not an atheist that kept it to himself. I was an atheist who told everybody I was an atheist. And I was an atheist who wanted to persuade you not to believe. Some atheists are passive. They just want to live their life. No, I was an atheist, and I did not want you to believe foolishness, so I'm not going to let you do that. And I would argue with people. And I would destroy people's faith if I could. So I understand those angry atheists out there in the world. I'm not mad at them. I know what they think. But this says, yeah, amen, amen. Now look what's happening. Amen. But here's the truth. You have to know God for yourself. And when you draw near to God, he will manifest himself to you. Amen. He manifest. I, I, I knew without a doubt God was real. One moment I'm cursing people. The next moment I'm saying, yes, Jesus. Two minutes later, I'm praying in tongues. And the church I grew up around was a Baptist church. Well, nobody praying in tongues. Where did it come from? It came from the Holy Spirit. Because even though I was an atheist, my goal was to know the truth. I wanted to know the truth, but I didn't believe the truth. 
So when I did believe, God was able to just manifest himself to me. Why? Because I said, oh, yeah, oh, okay, all right, if you're real, yes, thank you, Lord. And he filled me up right on the spot. Praise God. Hallelujah. Guess what he did? Then he started opening the eyes of my understanding, flooding my understanding with light. And all of a sudden, I start seeing things I didn't even know were there, things around me I never even could see. Why? Because the blindness of darkness kept me in check. But man, when he opened my eyes, boy, he's been giving me wisdom and understanding. He's been blessing me with knowledge. I've been showing me things I could not see for the rest of my days. And I expect that he's going to show it for the rest of my days remaining in this body. Amen. I'm going to continue to see stuff. And I want you to see what I see. Amen. I want you to see stuff and tell me stuff you see that I can't see. Amen. I want your eyes to be open. I want your eyes to be flooded with light so that in this day when the world needs God more than ever before, we do not back into a shell or be afraid to manifest what God has put in our lives. Amen. And not being angry about it, not being, I have to curse the world, but being able to bring the good news of Jesus Christ and the true reality of faith into the world. Amen. Amen. Not bringing people religion, not people pre- me, not, not trying to make a sinner believe your Bible. He can't believe your Bible. He can't. <laughs> not trying to get people to come to church. Make people receive God in their place where they are. Pray for them. Pray that the eyes of their understanding be flooded with light, that they will see the real reality of God. And then you walk in the power of God and you let them see it. Let them see God bless your life. Let them see God give you favor. Let them see you live under pressure, under challenge, under things all happening all around you and never be shaken because why? Because I'm not shaken. What can be shaken will be shaken and I cannot be shaken. Amen. Will I ever be afraid? Yeah. Will I have struggles? Yes. Will I have faith challenges? Yes, I will. But guess what? But I won't be removed. Amen. Amen. The world can shake around me. Doesn't mean I got to go anywhere. Amen. Let's get ready to pray here. Hallelujah. Total prosperity. Total prosperity is when we accept all of what God has for us and we embrace it into the things of God. We embrace it in a way that allows God to work through us. It's to be supernaturally equipped by God to succeed on your life's journey. To succeed in your life's journey. We're Christians and we should succeed in whatever God's called us to do. Amen? But there's everything in the world that wants to not allow you to succeed. Thank you for listening to today's message, The Law of Prosperity, from our series titled, The Journey. For more information about Abundant Life Worship Center, please feel free to check out our website at AbundantLifeWorship.net. On the site, you're going to find more information about us, our church and events calendar, and other things that may be of interest to you here at Abundant Life Worship Center. And once again, the site is AbundantLifeWorship.net. You can also find us on our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash AbundantLifeWorship.net. God bless. We look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. And until then, remember that Jesus came to give you life and that more abundantly.